If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 460. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page. You can find all those accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. Or go out and look for at Brian McClanahan, B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan. That's how you find those social media accounts. Also, give me an email address when you're at my webpage. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. Click on that support tab. You can get uh, your Brian McClanahan book plate. So if you want my autograph on one of my books, just get those. I've got a new book out, The Jeffersonian Tradition. You can also click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com, get some cool stuff. Again, I said last week that somebody bought a clock. I mean, that's really awesome. But other things, stickers, T-shirts, skins for electronic devices, travel mugs, all kinds of cool things are out there at that uh, shop tab. So, again, I make very little on that stuff. It's just a way to advertise the show. If you like the show, share it around on social media, rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. And this particular show is dedicated to this idea of uh, federalism, as they all are, tend to to be. And it's a piece from NPR that I want to focus on. And the title of it is, Democrats increasingly say American democracy is sliding toward minority rule. So Democrats say that we're going toward minority rule. Is this true? Are we at a point where we're at minority rule? The fundamental principle operating here is that the United States is a national government. And you even see it. This is Marie, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Maria uh, Liaison, I guess is her, her name. Maria Liaison, I guess is how you say it. Or Mara Liaison. Um, she writes this for NPR. And you can tell that Miss Liaison has never had an American civics course. And I say she's never had an American civics course because if she had, she would understand that the structural framework that's there is designed to work the way that it's working. (laughs) You see, if you go back and you look at the ratification of the Constitution, and you look at what the proponents of the document said the Constitution would do, or at least what the Senate would do, because this is the key to all of this, and the Electoral College, they would protect the states and protect the central authority from excessive democracy. (laughs) So the entire system is designed to do exactly what it's doing. Now, Democrats may not like that. They're complaining about this now because they think they have some type of mandate, that their agenda needs to be fulfilled, that these people have to get out there, and people are voting, and we're voting, getting crushing numbers. We're the majority, and yet we can't do anything because we've got two senators that won't stop the filibuster. One thing that these people don't realize Uh, When they talk about the filibuster has always been used for slavery and segregation. John Quincy Adams actually used the filibuster against slavery, at least in his mind. John Quincy Adams. 
or he he was able to work not not the Senate filibuster, but he was able to do some things to try to block what he thought were problematic bills. So one man was able to do this. Interestingly enough. Um, but regardless, the fact is we have a situation in America where the Democrats are increasing to believe that America is sliding off into an oblivion abyss because democracy is being threatened. Again, I would say this is because of the structural nature of, of the U.S. Constitution. You've got people like Ian Milheiser. I see it all the time. Abolish the Senate. Abolish the Senate. The Senate is doing exactly what it was designed to do. The Democrats don't like it, but that's why it's there. It's there to protect the minority from the tyranny of the majority. So Democrats are all about minority rule when it works for them, but when the other side is the minority, well, they don't like it. So let's read this little piece. The American political tradition enshrines majority rule with rights for the minority, but some wonder whether the United States is sliding toward minority rule. The American political political tradition enshrines majority rule. Enshrines it how? We have a federal system that allows for states. Now, they did talk about, well, we should have a majority. Yes, the majority should rule. But, but there was always ways through structural, the way the, the Constitution was structured, for the minority to protect itself from the majority. This was discussed. More and more Democrats are saying the system is out of whack. Twice in the last 20 years, the presidential candidate got more votes but lost the election. And now that the 2022 redistricting cycle is beginning, Republicans in many states will be able to get fewer votes but end up with a majority of seats. I can tell you this right now. If the Democrats controlled these seats, controlled these states, I should say, they'd be doing the exact same thing. The reason the Democrats are upset is because Republicans do control more states, and so they do essentially decide how the con- congressional district is going to be r- drawn up. They can, they, uh, because they control more states, theoretically they can control the Senate. Now, if we had the real, but we had the real Senate, we would have a crushing majority for the Republicans right now in the Senate. It wouldn't even be close. In the Senate, many Democrats say a system designed to protect the rights of smaller states has turned into partisan minority rule. According to the Constitution, every state, no matter if it has 1 million people or 30 million, gets two senators. Well, that's because these senators represent states, not people. Again, here's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the Senate is designed to do. This is a major problem in America. Oh, that that senator from Delaware only represents 1 million people. Whereas in California, they represent all these people. That's unfair. Well, I don't hear them complaining about Delaware too often because Delaware tends to vote with the Democrats. But they do complain about you know Wyoming. They complain about that. Um, so this is unfair because these people only represent so many people and all these other senators represent all these people. And this gets into it. But Senator Brian Schatz from the small state of Hawaii says that disparity is growing. The way this is starting to, tra- starting to work is that 
elected representatives who have collectively gathered 10 million, maybe 12 million, maybe by the year 2030, 30 million fewer votes are going to stack the judiciary and entrench minority rule. Schatz, a Democrat, said during last year's debate about confirming Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. And so something has to give. Well, I mean, this is the way the system is designed. The Senate has advice and consent. The Senate is there to protect the states. And if we've got a system that's out of whack, yeah, we're right. We do have a system that's out of whack. What's out of whack is that we've nationalized everything. We don't think the Senate is there to do any of this anymore. But that's the whole point. Right now, the Senate is split evenly in half, but the 50 Democratic senators represent 41.5 million more people than the 50 Republican senators. No, they don't. They don't. They represent their states, and their state can have all these people or not. This is the whole point of the Senate. Madison even made this clear. Federalist 62. It's the whole point of the Senate, if you just want to rely on James Madison. And I'm going to get into Federalist 62 again in this piece, and it's on my mind because I'm recording the lectures for part three of my originalist papers class, and I just covered Federalist 62. So it's on my mind quite a bit. As I read this, I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, these people have no concept of civics and how things are supposed to work. The Constitution, and it's not just Madison, there were many, many others that said the exact same thing. The Constitution is supposed to protect the states from extreme centralization. That was the design. At least that's how proponents said it would be interpreted. By 2040, if population trends continue, 70% of Americans will be represented by just 30 senators and 30% of Americans by 70 senators. Well, isn't that beautiful? It's really not that. It's states, right? So we're going to have these states, and this, this is actually brought up. Let's say you have a state like Virginia. In 1788, New York, Virginia, Massachusetts. They have all these people. Well, they're going to control the House of Representatives. So they can do a lot of things in the House. We see it right now. California controls the House of Representatives. California, New York, they control the House. But what about the states that need to check that power? Well, they can check it in the Senate. That was the entire point. It was to have the states to have a voice in the government. This has lots of implications, such as for the Senate filibuster, where a party that represents a shrinking minority of voters can block almost all major legislation. What an odd endorsement of the Senate filibuster. Of course, it's great. It was designed to do so. The Senate was designed to check the passions of the people, as it was described. But it also has implications for the Supreme Court, says Jesse Wegman, author of Let the People Pick the President. I'm sure that's a stimulating read. Let the people pick the president. You have this sort of turbocharged minority rule, he said. You have a counter-majoritarian institution chosen by people who are picked by a minority of the citizens. That's not a sustainable model for a representative democracy. Well, of course, we don't have a representative democracy. We have a federal republic that isn't a top one-size, top-down, uh, fits-all, one-size-fits-all, top-down government. We don't have that, right? This is the whole point. Conservative Republican Brad Smith, a former member of the Federal Election Commission, disagrees. He says the system has worked pretty well because when the framers designed the Senate, they understood that the small states such as Rhode Island would have never have as much clout as a big state as, such as New York. These are the kinds of reasons why the Constitutional Convention, there was the great compromise of having one chamber by population and another chamber elected by states, he said. 
you know, under that system, we become like the, a really rich, powerful, wealthy, free country. You know, like a really rich, I mean, is this guy from, from the Valley in California? And Smith says it's hard to change because the Senate is enshrined in the Constitution. But Wegman says this is not what the framers had in mind. For one thing, when they wrote the Constitution, they thought only white men with property could vote. Well, oh my gosh. And they certainly couldn't have imagined how the population would grow and sort itself out. At the time of the founding, the biggest state was 13 times the size of the smallest state. Today, the biggest state is 70 times the size of the smallest state. Well, actually, they brought this up. They did bring it up. They talked about this. The Senate was there to check the power of these big states, to check the power of massive democracy. That's what the whole point of the Senate was. The term Senate comes from senior more wise against the massive Democrats of the House. So a few hundred thousand people in Wyoming have as much power as tens of millions of people in California and New York. Hallelujah, of course, because it's not the people, it's the state. The state of Wyoming has the same power as the state of New York. That's the whole point. These people don't get it. They failed Civics 101. Even Wegman, with a stimulating read, let the people pick the president. And I think that violation of majority rule is going to continue to haunt us through the Senate, which is not really alterable in any meaningful way other than just by adding more states. So, again, what they want to do is pack the Senate. They, it's power. They want to get the power to control the Senate so that they can control the legislative process. It's exactly what the founding generation didn't want to happen. Democrats don't currently have the votes to grant statehood to Puerto Rico or Washington, D.C. or the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, good. I mean, good. I think we should be breaking some of these states out. California should should be many states, not just one, for example. Then there's the House of Representatives and state houses around the country. Representation is supposed to be based on population. But Michael Lee of the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University says partisan gerrymandering hasn't, ju- hasn't just created safe seats for Democrats and Republicans. In many cases, he says, it allows one party to draw district lines that secure its grip on the state legislature, such as Wisconsin. A map there was drawn by Republicans so that under any reasonable election scenario, they win a majority of the seats, Lee said. So even if they win, say, 47% or 48% of the vote statewide, they're likely to get about 60% of the seats. And that's something that's deeply undemocratic. Well, this is why you have districts, right? I mean, so you can win the governorship and then they can block the legislature. And the same thing has happened when when Republican legislatures draw congressional district lines. In North Carolina, for example, The map that was drawn gave Republicans 10 out of the state's 13 congressional districts, Lee said. And that's in a state where Democrats get way more than three out of every 13 votes. Republicans say Democrats do partisan gerrymandering, too. And they say if Democrats are able to win control of more state houses, something they failed miserably to do in 2010 and 2020, they'll be doing the exact same thing. And that's true. That's exactly true. There's no question about it. If Democrats controlled state houses, they would be doing the exact same thing. There are reforms to partisan gerrymandering. Some states have adopted nonpartisan redistricting commissions. Others give the opposition party more input. Another idea. Congress could add more seats to the House. Oh, my gosh. It's like, uh, what's her name? Mara came up with it. Oh, oh. Listen, that's a smart idea. It's like when I was years ago, I was driving around and I was listening to a talk radio station. You know what the, we should do? There's a kind of a lefty on there. We should, you know what we should do? We should have post office banks. Nobody's ever thought of this before, except we had it for about 30 years. 
But oh, I had this beautiful, wonderful idea. And here Mara is saying, oh, here's a great idea. Let's add seats. Now, I've talked about this. Representative ratio is way out of whack in America. And I, again, this is a structural problem. I do agree. The 435-seat limit, which was set back in 1929, is incorrect. Now we've got 760,000, 750,000 to one for our representative ratio. A fairer system, reformers say, would be to make more districts, creating more representation. But Republican Smith thinks all the reforms that Democrats would like, that's just dropped, right? Just so we could do this, create more representation. Now, Madison talked about this too, in the proper size of a representative body. Once you start adding more seats, if we went back to a representative ratio of 30,000 to 1, we'd have 10,000 seats in the House of Representatives. Now, I agree 30,000 to 1 is for good, effective government. But at that point, they said 30,000 to 1 was okay for good, effective government. For a government, that's for uh, general purposes only, meaning commerce and defense. For everything else, you needed much smaller congressional districts. And this is where the states came into play for all of that stuff. But you see, now we've got one, one government legislating for everything. Everything. And so um, that creates a real problem in America. The states have lost all of their control, at least theoretically. Now, we know they haven't, but the Congress thinks they have. The Congress thinks it can legislate if you can wear a mask or not. They can't. There's no constitutional authority for that. They haven't done it because they really do know deep down they can't do this. The states have to do it. But Republican Smith thinks all the reforms that Democrats would like to make to the rules governing representation could have unintended consequences because, he says, politics can change quickly as well. Now, why is it Madison also was against these large bodies? Because it made it gave you actually less representation. You would have a few people that would, that would stand out. They would control the rest. And you really couldn't get anything done anyways. So a, a, an accurate number would be, you know, 435. So if we're going to stick to that, why don't we just decentralize then? Why don't we have, if we had a constitution that does the things it's supposed to do, this would work fine. That's the whole point. It's well within my memory that West Virginia was a lock state for Democrats in presidential elections and Senate elections, he said. There might be a reason for making these changes, but the reason for making these changes is not the short-term political advantage of the Democratic-Republican Party. In the past, however, short-term political advantage was generally the main reason changes in the rules have been made. And right now, many people in both main parties, for different reasons, think the system isn't fair to them. Well, again, what's the real core of this? And I mentioned it in the first piece of the week when we talked about nationalism. we got these four groups. What's the problem here? Nationalism. If we didn't have a general government that did all these things, then all of this wouldn't really matter. States we represented in the, in the Congress... And the Congress would do very limited things. The president would really have no authority whatsoever. If we adhered to the original Constitution, this is how it would work. But of course, we don't do that. And that's a major problem in American politics. Now, this is where thinking locally, acting locally again makes a point. You do have accurate representation in many of your states. You do have states where you have under 20,000 to 1 or even under 10,000 to 1, or in some cases, it's like 5,000 to 1 in terms of a representative ratio in your own state. This piece doesn't it doesn't uh, show that. Your Senate, we could, we could actually have a better situation if we repealed the 17th Amendment. 
There's a novel idea. Let this let the Senate represent states because this is what they do anyways. What they're supposed to do. We don't have national senators. We have state senators. Senator from the state of. Right? So let's let the senators be part of a state process. And the Senate was designed to give advice and consent and to block the presidency from doing bad things, the House from doing bad things, or to have control over who sat on the federal bench. That's the whole point of the Senate, and the Senate represented the states. Remember, if the presidency if is not decided by the Electoral College, then it's thrown to the House of Representatives, but it's done by state there. So see, the states were the central building block of the entire system. The left doesn't want to admit that. The left doesn't want to admit that because they don't control the states. The left doesn't want to admit that because that would undermine their entire position of we're a democracy, a representative democracy, and all this other nonsense they spout. So what we have really is a fundamental lack of civics education that's harming American society. And it's distorting American politics and is creating a problem that's not easily solved. The problem that's not easily solved is ignorance. That's why you're listening to this podcast because I'm giving you the straight shot here. This is, this is what the issue is. NPR wants you to think democracy is sliding into oblivion because the Democrats say it is. I think one thing that we have to make clear about this and that people understand, is democracy going away? No. We saw it. We saw it every single day of the past year of COVID-19. We saw how important your state and local governments are to you for COVID-19. Some states were free, some states weren't. We saw it every single day. And that's the important takeaway from all of this. The states still have a lot of power in this government. The Democrats don't like it. The Democrats don't want you to think it. The left doesn't want you to think that, unless, of course, they're getting their way in the states like or in their cities, which is really what they control. They control cities now, not states. So they want you to think that they have a lot of power there. But the key is, of course, the key to everything is thinking locally and acting locally. All of this stuff wouldn't matter. The Senate wouldn't matter. The House wouldn't matter. The presidency wouldn't matter. The Supreme Court and the federal courts really wouldn't matter if we had real federalism in America. That's the whole point. The lefties could have their little utopias. The conservatives could have their little utopias. It could all work out that way. But that's not what the Democrats, or the Republicans really for that matter, want. Because if the Republicans were in power in the central authority, they'd want one-size-fits-all top-down government too. All right. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. Again, nationalism, the root of all evil in America when it comes to politics, because we forget the original intent of the Constitution. I'll see you next time for the next show. See you then.